the City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey everyone, this is Russell Cox, editor of the Municipal Association of South Carolina's Uptown Publication, and I am joined today by Scott Slatton, the association's director of advocacy and communications. Hey Russell. How are you? I'm great. I hope you are. I'm doing well. Scott, Today we are going to be talking about something that longtime listeners of the City Quick Connect podcast have followed along with for quite some time now, Act 176, the Business License Tax Standardization Act. Yes. It's a piece of legislation with a lot of implications for those cities and towns who collect the business license tax. It's got a lot of moving parts. Yes. We're going to be breaking it down for the listeners. What all does this act do? What does it require? Right. So Act 176 was uh, passed by the General Assembly earlier this year in September. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was House Bill 4431. Everybody is likely familiar with that that bill number, and uh, the General Assembly passed it into law. The governor signed it the end of September, and it is now Act 176, which is the law of South Carolina with regard to the administration of the business license tax. Mm-hmm. So if you are a city or town that levies a business license tax, and there are 234 of the 271 cities and towns that do, mm-hmm. then you will, as a city or town, have to administer your business license tax in accordance with the law. And we'll talk about the things specifically that the law requires in this particular broadcast. Mm -hmm. And then later on, we're going to have municipal association staff come on to the podcast and talk about the things that cities and towns need to do in order to become compliant with the law. Mm-hmm. We're going to break that into several podcasts, I believe. Yes. And, uh, and, and feature different staff members who will give you advice and, and guidance on, on what to do next. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to talk to you today about the things that the law now requires, well, will require of cities and towns as they administer their business license tax. As of January 1, 2022. 2022, that's correct. That's when these uh, requirements will be effective. And from that point forward, these are the things that you're going to have to do, you'll be required to do by the law in administering your business license tax. So Mm -hmm. the first thing, one thing that you'll have to do is to issue your business license tax on a for a period of May the 1st through April the 30th. Um, there are lots of various business license years currently across the state that cities use, but the law re- will require that the business license year be May the 1st through April the 30th. So mm-hmm. if a business hasn't paid their business license tax by April the 30th of 2022, then that will be a late tax payment, and, mm-hmm. and the city would be able to use its administrative procedures to pursue that tax. The next thing that's going to be required, uh, that the law requires, is that the tax will have to be calculated on a business's gross income that they claim for a calendar year or their fiscal year. 
So the tax that a business pays in most cases will be calculated on that business's gross income that it earned in the previous calendar year. Mm -hmm. So if a business in April of, of 2022 will pay its business license tax based on the gross income that it earned in 2021, the calendar year of 2021, the the law re will require that everyone use a standard definition of gross income. Uh, gross income definitions across the state are varied. The law will now have one single definition of gross income that cities and towns will use to determine what is gross income that a business reports. The law requires will require that cities accept a standardized business license application. And many cities already across the state accept the municipal association's standardized business license application. And that application will be hopefully approved by the South Carolina Revenue and Fiscal Affairs Office and continue forward as it has uh, in the past. Mm -hmm. We've had conversations with RFA about the uh, the application and they they are seem to be fine with it at, at this point. So if a if a business presents this application to a city, then that city will be required to accept that application, the information that the way it's presented on that application, rather than making that business fill out the city's own unique business license application, even though they they could still have one. The next thing that the uh, law will require, and this will be very important is that all cities and towns must use a standard class schedule. One of the biggest problems that cities and towns and businesses face across the state is the fact that the class schedules within cities is different, or, or a city isn't even using what we would consider a regular or a, or a sort of normal class schedule. From January 1st of 2022 forward, Every city and town will have to use the standardized class schedule that the municipal association will prepare and that the Revenue and Fiscal Affairs Office will adopt. Mm -hmm. Once the RFA adopts it, then that is the class schedule that will, be, uh, that will be used by every city and town in order to classify where businesses should fall within their, their rate structures. Three other things that the, that the law is going to require is that businesses be allowed to submit renewal payments via a, an online payment portal. This is a portal that is, has been developed by the Municipal Association mm. and will be hosted by the Revenue and Fiscal Affairs Office. RFA will host this software on their computers and businesses will be able to go online and renew their business license tax with any city in the state in one place with one payment. You're going to hear a lot more about that. And, and Caitlin Cothran on our staff and our collection staff have been working on this for three years, Russell? Four Long, years? Longer than I've been with the association. It's been a while. Long time. Yeah. Um, and so we're finally going to see this uh, this software developed and, 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 and deployed across the state. You're, you're going to hear a lot more about this as mm -hmm. we go forward. And then it also, the law is going to require that every city and town use a standardized appeals process if a business it wants to dispute the amount the, of money that it is being required to pay. So mm -hmm. 
There are a couple of, there are two different types of appeals that exist or, or causes for an appeal. This one deals with the amount that a business has paid or has refused to pay. So you'll have this, uh, this payment appeals process, and then the you, cities and towns can continue to use their appeals process when a business is denied the issuance of a business license mm-hmm. tax or a business license. Or there's been a, 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 a cause for a, a, a suspension or a revocation of a business license. Mm-hmm. Uh, that appeals process will remain uh, in intact as as the city sees fit. But when it comes to an appeal with regard to paying the tax or the amount that's owed, then there'll be a standardized appeals process that's in the law. And then the last thing that's going to re- that the law requires is that in the first year of implementation of the of these new these new regulations, Cities and towns will not be able to realize a windfall from adopting the new standard class schedule. So what could happen is in cities or towns that have not updated their class schedule in a number of years, in doing so in accordance with this new law, they could potentially receive a lot more money from the same businesses than than they would have had they kept up. And yes. so the uh, the General Assembly was very keen on making sure that cities didn't realize a windfall in the first year of implementation. That's the 2022 calendar year. That's correct. And so once, but once that year passes, then cities and towns, councils across the state and county councils will be allowed to set their own rates and and according to their, the needs of their city or town. Mm -hmm. And that's something I need to make sure everybody understands. This law does not, it does not dictate rates for the business license tax. That is left specifically to city and town councils outside of that first year of implementation uh, for the, the to, to prevent the windfall. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that are going to be required of every city and town by the law that has a business license tax. Almost all these cities and towns also have a business license ordinance. And they'll need to make adjustments to that business license ordinance. But we would prefer that cities and towns adopt the municipal association's uh, model business license ordinance Mm -hmm. to ensure that they are compliant. And you're going to hear more about that, uh, particularly from our general counsel, Eric Scheidel, and from Melissa Harrell on our staff, who Mm -hmm. is, she is going to be responsible for helping this to guide cities and towns as we go forward into implementing these new these new uh, these new tenets of the law, so that is a lot of individual things going on. That's right, a whole bunch of stuff. And one thing I've heard you say about all of it is that all of this has the potential to be or to seem burdensome to the cities and towns, but it nonetheless is critically important to be doing this. It is. It is critical that they begin working towards compliance with the law now. And I'll real quickly give a tease as to what uh, the first steps they could they need to be taking is assigning a, a NAICS code to all their business licenses and then exporting all their business license information into a an Excel spreadsheet and making sure that that information is clean in terms of 
uh, obvious errors like transposed numbers or formatting errors or something like that. Melissa Harrell, who I mentioned just a second ago, mm-hmm. I think she's going to be on the next podcast where she's going to talk in, in detail about the, the NAICS codes, what they are, why they're important, why they're used, and the, the work that cities and towns should be doing right now in order to start complying with the uh, tenets of Act 176. There's going to be a lot happening all throughout 2021 as we get ready for that January 1st, 2022 date. Yep. There will be a lot of information coming from us the whole time. Yep. But anything else to talk about now in terms of what the cities and towns well, should be doing? Well, one, one thing I would suggest is that city officials begin reaching out to their businesses now mm-hmm. and letting them know that changes are going to be coming to the way their business license tax is potentially calculated in the way that they can pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, let businesses know that changes that they asked for through their various advocates at the at, in Columbia are coming in January of 22, but there are things that they could be working on right now to, to get ready to be compliant. So obviously making sure each business needs to make sure that their their license application next year has a good NAICS code on it. They need to make sure that the information that they that the city has about their business is current and make sure that the businesses understand perhaps the additional reporting requirements that cities or towns may have with regard to proof of income. Uh, do all businesses know that some cities require proof of income uh, whenever they make an application to to for a business license or renew a business license? So, uh, cities need to be communicating with their with their business community right now through their local chambers of commerce, through uh, you know Rotary clubs, whatever whatever mm-hmm. outlet they could they have available to them, and you know preparing the businesses for this change. And then of course we're as a as a an association already in the throes of assisting cities and towns. Melissa Harrell and Caitlin Cothran have been conducting uh, online training and answering questions of business licensing officials the last couple of weeks. Uh, we are preparing materials. We're, we're finishing up the uh, our work on the model business license ordinance. We're working very closely with RFA to make sure that, uh, that their transition and, and their, their responsibilities are going to go off without a hitch. So uh, lots of things are, are taking place behind the scenes, but as you suggested, Russell, we're going to be pushing out a lot of information and a lot of opportunities for cities and towns to ask questions and to ask for our help uh, as they go forward. This revenue neutrality calculation and determination is going to be it's going to be it's going to be complicated and difficult, and we are here to help cities and towns no matter how big they are, how sophisticated they are, to, uh, to, to get those calculations right and to get them compliant with the law by January of 22. Scott, you're going to enjoy this one. For, for those who are looking for more information, where should they go? I would recommend that people go to www.masc.sc 
and use the keyword standardization. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's a long uh, a long word. It's hard to spell sometimes. I get fumble fingers. But go to our website. Uh, use the keyword search standardization. You'll you'll get you'll see more details about the things that I talked about that the law is going to require, mm-hmm. and there'll be resources and contact information there as well for city uh, and town staff to use to get in touch with uh, with our folks to help uh, help them make this transition. People have been reaching out to Melissa and Caitlin this whole time already, and, and their contact information is on there. That's right. Okay. Well, that's 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 plenty. Is there anything else we need to talk about? Well, standardization? I guess what I would want to make sure everybody understands is that, uh, as you say, while there are a lot of moving parts and requirements of this new law, uh, we are going to push this information out to you and this assistance out to you in uh, phases so that it's not complicated or as, as, as uncomplicated as we can make it mm-hmm. uh, to make it linear, to make it, to make it as easy as possible for your staff and for city councils and for municipal attorneys. Uh, obviously municipal attorneys need to be a key part of this, particularly when it comes to adoption of the model ordinance. Uh, but we we want we want to make this as easy as we can, and so that's why we're going to roll it out in pieces, and hopefully have everybody transition as smoothly as possible. We're going to be eating an elephant bites at a time, I and hope. indeed we are. That's right, <laughs> Scott. Thank you for joining us to talk about. This. Thank you, Russell. I appreciate it. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.